Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks so much for being with us for another edition of Winning Ponies. I think we're going to have a very, very good show. We've got some top guests. And, of course, we're getting closer and closer to the Breeders' Cup. We'll be talking about that with uh, some of our professional handicappers. Uh, Our first guest is going to be a very interesting one. I hope he can stay for the whole interview because he's currently the chaplain down in Clearwater, Florida, at a trauma center, so anything could happen. His name is Eddie Donnelly. He's the only professional jockey to win an Eclipse Award for newspaper writing and one who's been a television show producer and host, certified fundraiser, a minister, and a chaplain. He's got a new book out called Ride the White Horse. And all you can, all I can tell you is that Eddie's life is more than interesting. He's led, he's led quite the life and uh, you'll get to hear about it, or perhaps even better, you'll get to read about it in uh, Ride the White Horse. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have a guy that's been on the scene at the Fazig Tipton sale, and that's Dan Kenny. And uh, Dan's going to tell us about what was going on in the sale. I know he is uh, part of Four Star Stables. I believe they sold 27 horses. And I guess there's some pretty interesting buyers at the sale this year uh, coming in from across the ocean. So uh, we're going to get uh, Dan's uh, input on that. And also he's a uh, regular at the Press Box at Keeneland. It's closing day on Saturday, and we'll be handicapping the Haygard Fayette. And uh, then later we're going to bring in my boy, my pinch hitter, Johnny McDoolin. I was supposed to have another handicapper on who had some uh, family issues that they're keeping him away from uh, the microphone tonight. So John McDoolin from the Daily Racing Forum, I appreciate him coming in. We're going to speed handicap the uh, Turn Back the Alarm handicap at Belmont, the Autumn Miss Grade 3 out at Santa Anita, and the Jean Lafitte at Delta Downs, two-year-old stretching out, getting ready for the uh, the Delta Downs jackpot. So uh, that's uh, a look at our guest this evening. Uh, let's uh, just want to remind everybody, if you've been going to Winning Ponies' website and pulling down the easy figs, you had an awful good week. Just a few samples on Monday. Uh, the ninth race, Super Turf Paradise, returned $447. Uh, the um, At Mountaineer, in the fifth, we hit a super for $830. Then looking at Keeneland, uh, we had a 335 daily double in the third on Wednesday. Also on Wednesday, we know the $319 superfecta at Belmont Park. And if you're way down yonder, Evangeline Downs, $355 super on Wednesday. So uh, the easy figs are the way to go at winningponies.com. Uh, boy, we had a scare yesterday uh, down at Keeneland in a mile and a 16th race. Um, shortly after they uh, broke out of the gate, jockey Calvin Burrell uh, was dumped hard, and as horse, sad to say, had some speed, and it looks like he got clipped uh, as the horses went into uh, the, the first turn. Uh, Calvin was did not move for quite a while, and uh, the Outriders did an excellent job at making the, the fast decision, realizing that Calvin may have suffered a back injury or may not have been able to move. Uh, they r- ran down the stretch uh, counterclockwise, or should say clockwise, and 
herded the field as they turned and moved them to the outside rail. The race was declared a no contest, uh, and everybody was worried at first. People were saying that uh, it looked like Calvin had a concussion. That was the news uh, going around the Internet. Uh, but as it turns out, he fractured the fibula in his left leg, um, and it looks like he's going to be out at least three to four weeks. And what a shame that this would happen uh, just before uh, the uh, the Breeders' Cup. He was taken to the University of Kentucky Medical Center. Uh, they say he's also pretty sore. And uh, his uh, wife said that uh, Calvin did not have a concussion, which was first suspected. So it's, it's great that uh, this now Hall of Fame rider, uh, hopefully he'll be able to mend and get back quickly, but uh, said to say he's going to have to pass on the Breeders' Cup. Also sad to say, it looks like we just lost uh, a good potential stallion uh, just last week. I was telling you that uh, Dullahan was retired, and the three-time grade one winner uh, was going to be going to stud. They weren't sure if he was going to stand in the United States, or uh, he had some offers from foreign interest. Well, sad to say, the four-year-old son of Unbridled Song uh, son, even the score, suffered a ruptured colon early Sunday morning and could not be saved despite the efforts of the Haygard Medical Institute. Uh, it was Jerry Crawford's been on the show before, just a great guy. Uh, he managed Doolahan. Of course, uh, he had, uh, you know, quite, quite a career um, and uh, winning uh, out. Uh, he upset uh, Hanson. The Toyota Bluegrass. I was there that day. Uh, didn't do too good uh, in Dubai, but uh, he did win the TVG Pacific Classic over Game On Dude, who may well be favored in the Breeders' Cup Classic this year. It was just a shame that uh, we never got to see him have any babies. I feel sorry for Jerry Crawford and his partners. Uh, he uh, retired with earnings of one million seven hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. Well. Uh, the Ramseys just keep rolling as uh, they, it looks like they're going to set a new record. They already did at the fall meet at Keeneland uh, as they uh, got uh, number 13 for the Ramseys, and the week isn't over. The previous mark of 12 was their own mark, and uh, this will mark the seventh time this year they set a record for wins at an individual meet. The Ramseys were the leading owners at Gulfstream Park, the spring meet at Keeneland, Spring Meet at Churchill, Saratoga, Kentucky Downs, and again, the September Meet at Churchill. So uh, the Ramseys are doing something right. Of course, they've got that stallion, uh, Kitten's Joy, that's uh, bringing them home quite a few winners. And so far, uh, they have notched 189 wins and have earnings of nearly $10.8 million. Uh, down at uh, Keeneland, it looks like it's uh, going to go... Uh, down to the wire for uh, for number of wins. Uh, Rosie Napravnik right now has 12. Behind her, Joe Rocco is riding very well with nine. And then Robbie Alvarado with eight. Leading money winner at Keeneland, though, is Johnny V. No big surprise there. Uh, coming up, of course, in the Breeders' Cup, they did draw uh, the pre-entries. And we'll take a look at just some of the highlights there. It looks like uh, right now. Now these are this is Mike Watchmaker. He uh, made uh, his his odds in the daily racing form uh, in the classic. Uh, he's got Game On Dude at five to two, 
followed closely by Mucho Macho Man at five to one and Fort Larned at six to one. Of course, Fort Larned was last year's winner. Uh, then in the uh, $2 million mile, well, I got to like this horse, Wise Dan, who again had that splashy poly track race last time out. I'm going to throw that one out. Uh, he won this race last year. Uh, he's pegged at eight to five, and after that, it goes all the way to six to one uh, with Olympic Glory, who uh, just won the British Champions Mile. And uh, Silver Max, of course, he was the horse that upset uh, Wise Dan last time on the front end, but it'll be very interesting to see. I think he's going to have some company in in the mile, and I'm just going to throw Wise Dan's last race out, and obviously. Mike Watchmaker is, too, at 8-5. to five. In the $1.5 million sprint, it looks like points off the bench is getting a slight nod at 7-2. to two. Other than that, they're pretty close in the odds at 5-1. to one. Doug O'Neill's private zone, Steve Asmussen trained Justin Phillip at 6-1. to one. Uh, move, Moving along at some of the major races at the $3 million turf, the Fugue. Remember this horse? I know my friend Steady Eddie, he loved this horse uh, last year, and the horse got in all kinds of trouble and didn't get the job done. Uh, the Fugue is uh, a, uh, the 5-2 to two favorite in the uh, eyes of Mike Watchmaker. Behind it, 5-1 to one is Tappet Rich, a Bob Baffert trainee, and Doug O'Neill, he's got a strong hand in Bond Holder. Again, that's a $2 million a juvenile. And then a, a horse that, uh, race that's always competitive for the horses is the turf sprint. And uh, the tepid favorite in here, according to Mike, is obviously at 3-1. to one. Uh, This race could also draw Silver Max, uh, but they're not sure if he's going to go in the mile. They believe that that is his first preference. And then Jim Rome's horse, Ms. Direction, she's been off for a while, has been away from the races from June, but she's pegged at 6-1. to one. Well, as many uh, Breeders' Cup races as they are, I won't go through them all. Uh want to uh, take a look at the races that we handicapped last week. Evan Hammonds from the Blood Horse was our guest handicapper, and we started with a race that uh, was run the next day, the Pin Oak Valley View, and the winner in here was overheard or oh, a filly that just came roaring through the lane at a mile and a sixteenth on the Keeneland turf from ninth to first and won by a length over my pick, Nellie Cashman, who went off at five to one, was only beaten a length, and in the third spot was the uh, predicted favorite, Summer of Fun. So again, that was the Pin Oak Valley View. Kind of interesting uh, that the winner overheard was owned and bred by Pin Oak Stud. <laughs> Uh, also at Keeneland, the next day, it was the Lexus Raven Run, and I've got to tip my cat, my hat to Evan Hammonds in here. He picked Eden Prairie at 30-1, to 1, and with about 10 yards left, Eden Prairie was on the lead, almost got there, but then got upset by a horse that drew into the race because of scratches. Madam Cactus at 11-1 to 1 got, uh, she got the, the, the job done and moved in there and, uh, again, just nailed Eden Prairie at the wire. And uh, third was the 10 at 4-1, to 1, my option. Again, that was the Lexus Raven run. 
from there, we decided to go to a state-bred program. There were two of them uh, on the uh, cards last week, and the Maryland Millions. And the Maryland Million Classic uh, went to my pick, but uh, I think me, the bartender, and everybody in Section A, B, C, and D had this one, and it was eight too fast to catch at one two five one the 2011 maryland million came back it was an easy win for the maryland bread uh, in the second spot was romancing the gold and third was wild louis and then the uh, last race that uh, was the big day for all of the the new york breads and how about old coach bill parcells getting the job done in New York, and his horse taking the $250,000 Empire Classic Saratoga Snacks got the job done, held on by three-quarters of a length. This is a really nice tale of the cat, Ridgeling, who's now won five of ten starts. So congratulations to Coach Parcells. Was able to hold off the late rally of Bigger is Better. And then the third spot, Money in Your Pocket. So uh, those were a look at the uh, the races that we handicapped last week. And right now we're going to... Uh, take a a little bit of a break and when we come back we're going to be with the good doctor dr eddie donnelly the author of ride the white horse a checkered jockey story of racing rage and redemption you're listening to winning ponies Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes' work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and I'm really looking forward to this interview. I have been for weeks since uh, Dr. Eddie Donnelly sent me his book, uh, Ride the White Horse. And let me tell you, it, it's it's a, it's an easy read, but there's a lot there to read. There's a lot to learn about. And Eddie is quite the wordsmith. He's the only former jockey to ever win an Eclipse Award for outstanding newspaper writing. Uh Starting in 1962, he rode for some 19 years, over 10,000 races, winning over a thousand of them. But uh, through his life, it's been a roller coaster. I can tell you that he's been up and down, uh, you know, dropping weight, going from track to track, uh, missing some great opportunities, taking advantages of others. Uh, his book, uh, it'll kind of shake you in some spots. I can tell you that uh, he uh, admits that. Uh, through a, a bad choice of his own, he got involved with uh, Boston's uh, uh, Winter Hill Gang. Uh, recently, Whitey Bulger was convicted of uh, killing, I think, six, 19 people. Um, but uh, since then, uh, he was able to bounce back. He became Tampa Bay's publicity director, and then he wrote for the, Daily, uh, the Dallas Morning News. And uh, then he's gone on to become a licensed minister, and then he earned his doctorate of ministry after a hospital residency. Again, I could go on and on, but I don't want to because I want you to talk to Eddie. And really quick, just so you can understand how beautiful this guy is with his words, let, let, me, let me read a few of them. Um, he's talking about the, the, the horses he worked with at, at so many levels, not only as a jockey, but eventually as a groom. And uh, as he'll, he'll say, tell you in his book that over time, horses winning margin, paramutual payoffs, money won, bravery, meanness, and kindness all enlarge. All here live vicariously off their horses, artful grace, raw power, and unswerving courage, traits that almost always exceed their own. Racehorses are gladiators and lovers we all want to be. Their battles become our battles. The races they run, the races we run. Sadly, this unholy joining becomes so strong that negative human traits inherit in us all, be it greed, a need for recognition and acceptance, or the conquering genes of maleness, are projected onto the horses in their care. Horse racing itself becomes a golden altar on which horses are sometimes sacrificed to appease the failings of those who so readily identify with them. It's a gut-wrenching statement, and the man that wrote it, we're talking to him right now. Eddie Donnelly, how you doing? Hi, John. I'm doing well. I'm here at Bayfront Hospital in uh, lovely downtown St. Petersburg, a few miles from the Bay, actually working as a chaplain tonight in the uh, trauma unit, uh, the only trauma unit in Pinellas County, and it's a, quite a place to be, generally, if you if you want to be a chaplain. It's kind of the front line. It's kind of like ducking and rolling when you come off of a racehorse. You never know quite what's going to happen. Well, uh, Ride the White Horse, uh, I'm going to tell our listeners, it, it, it's a great read. Number one, it's one of those books that you, you can 
put down and pick up. You can pick a chapter to read. Uh, so many of them have interesting titles. You, right away you say, wait a second, I got to get to this chapter. <laughs> and uh, uh, there's, there's just so much to your, to your life. Uh, Eddie, I'm just so glad that, that you, you survived it. You landed on your feet. Can you just kind of uh, give us a broad brush look at, you know, how you started in the game and, you know, where you got to where you are today? Well, I, I, I was smaller than most everybody else, as uh, most all jockeys are. And uh, somebody told me I should be a jockey. I was 16 years old, living in Virginia, wrote a letter to all the horse farms in Kentucky, Got a letter from a man called Herman Goodpasture, uh, who went on to play an amazing role in my life. And uh, left when I was 16, graduated early, wasn't going to college, and lived in uh, Kentucky three years. Exercised horses on Patch and Wilkes Farm, which was oddly the first uh, thoroughbred I set on was a mare by the name of uh, Philio Mine, who actually was the dam of the first white thoroughbred, which is part of the reason why I named the book Ride the White Horse, but certainly not all. And uh, was there three years, went on to become an apprentice jock. Uh, typical, made more money than I knew what to do with. Uh, lived a very uh, <laughs> broken life. I think I made more money in the first year I rode than probably my dad did in any 10 years of his life as a railroad brakeman. Uh, handled it poorly. Uh, a gentleman just wrote a, a review on uh, Ride the White Horse, and he said... Uh, it should be a book that every apprentice jockey reads, and I, I think mine would would be what what exactly you don't want to do as an apprentice jockey because I made virtually all the mistakes and went on to uh, ride my first horse for uh, race in Aqueduct for uh, C. V. Whitney Farm, who had some incredible horses in those stockings, Silverbrush, oh yeah, Swiss. I tell people I started at the top and worked my way down. I think I rode at 54 different racetracks about anywhere they let me. Uh, retired after breaking 13 bones. I figured out I lost five tons of sweat in, in hot box drains. I regurgitated an hour average of about 10 times a day for most of the 20 years I rode. Uh, excruciating life, but a very, very exhilarating one at the same time to be atop a racehorse. It's odd, John, when I have dreams today, I, I still dream of being a top of racehorse, and uh, but I made a lot of mistakes. I did some terrible things wrong, and did some things I'm certainly not pleased to uh, have done, and wouldn't have done if I had to do all over again. And I certainly apologize to uh, fans, but uh, I was in Boston in 1974, October 16th. Never forget the date. Uh, had just finished a third or fourth leading ride at Rockingham Park, waiting to go back to my home in Florida. I had a house on the on the on the bay, and uh, I walked out of a trainer's barn after the trainer just told me, uh, this horse can't win. Don't worry about it. Just give him a race. Get a race under him. The race next is going to ride us a race that'll fit. We'll get him next time. I walk out the barn. A guy offers me $800 to hold the horse. I take it. The worst decision of my entire life. The horse won. I think the race was run a mile and 144. I think the average... A uh, stable pony can probably go that fast. The race that was not a good group, no. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so after the race, I won the race, and I'm wondering, you know, I, I was afraid of the stewards, you know, because it would have had to have been, uh, the only thing I could have done is jump off, and I don't know that you can jump off of a perfectly good racehorse. It's kind of like jumping out of a perfectly good plane with no parachute. <laughs> 
but uh, I was asked to go to a meeting. I said, well, I'll meet you if, you're, if it's in public. And I had no idea who I was meeting. And so I went to a bar in Somerville and sat down in the bar. And then my, my then wife, Debbie, the mother of my two children, three children, the mother of two of three of my children, um, was with me. And uh, we walked in and sat down. Everybody was eating. And it was a regular restaurant bar. Uh, 10.30 in the morning, and everybody got up and walked out. And I was surrounded by a group of people. One threatened to kill me, put my naked body on the backstretch of Suffolk Downs uh, racetrack. Uh, I was scared to death. Uh, I, I understood then that these people really were killers, and if they made a business decision, you were just dead. Uh, it wasn't anything personal, but you were still dead. And... Um, so I gave him $8,000, told him I'm going to give him a horse to bet on uh, that would win, and I did. And the horse would win, by the grace of God, by a head. Uh, yeah, I, and, uh, so I thought it was all right. You do a great job at describing that race, Eddie. I'm sorry? You do a great job at describing that race and what's going through your mind, because it sounded like that was a small hole you got through to try to save your life. It was, and I thought it was all right. You know, God was he's performed so many miracles in my life. I was just one of a host. And um, so I thought it was all right. And then a man by the name of Tony Shula, who was in that room and became, uh, uh, went around the country fixing races. It was a huge, huge, huge scandal in racing at the time. Uh, a lot of folks were involved. My friend Mike Hole uh, was found dead on Jones Beach. And a lot of people thought the gangsters killed him because he had refused to take a $10,000 bribe. And uh, that's in the book too. Right. And uh, but anyway, I uh, I uh, the uh, Shulka became a relocated government witness. So the U.S. Marshals came to me and Debbie and asked if we wanted to be relocated witnesses to Australia, and uh, with a new identity, if I would testify against those folks. Uh, so I'm so lucky to be alive today, and the book talks about what went place then. Yeah, Any there's, other there's really life, is, and, and you, you give it in great detail. Uh, and, again, that's why I'm telling our, our listeners, it, it really is, it's a very, very uh, interesting read. Number one, on that level, because, you know, I believe that, uh, you, you know, uh, the movie The Departed was based on, on the the life of Whitey Bulger, so it's kind of a recent story. But the the nice thing about this is that it has a great end. And uh, I just want to you know tell people we've got like a couple minutes left as to what was the point in your life was the turnaround. But before I get to that, is how did you become such a great writer? I mean, most guys that start writing at sixteen don't develop writing skills. I don't know. I just started writing. It was always an outlet for me. I had a very ugly youth, went through sexual trauma uh, with a stepbrother, uh, was a messed up guy, a lot of rage and anger. Uh, it was an outlet for that. Not enough of that, obviously. I uh, actually became addicted to uh, cocaine at one time in my life. Went from hosting my own TV show and, and um, writing for a major newspaper, then the Austin American Statesman, in seven months to rubbing horses for Jack Vanberg on the backstretch of Hollywood Park. And and uh, God did some miracles in my life, and I wound up in a jail cell, though, in 1996, and I thought my life was over. I was uh, uh, in there for a felony, uh, saw with a deadly weapon in my hands. And uh, oddly enough, the, the girl I hit, she and I have become friends. 
And uh, but it was a terrible thing to do. The worst thing I ever did in my life. Don't uh, gloss over it. But I was in this jail cell, and and John, I, I I believe in miracles, and I saw this jail cell fill up with a miraculous light, and uh, and I'm not sure what happened. I think God changed my DNA, and uh, <laughs> but I know from that day since that was 16 years ago. I've been in full time ministry. Uh, became the development director for Racetrack Chaplaincy. Got a, a degree in uh, fundraising from um, UCLA. And then when that ended in 2009, started doing disaster response, going to disasters. And, and then uh, God put it in my heart to be a chaplain, to work one-on-one with people in trauma. And uh, it's, it's really a place where I belong. It's an odd thing, but in trauma, I, I tend to slow down. And I'm not a naturally calm person, but I figured out it was because all those 10,000 races I rode, if you don't slow down and be calm, you can kill yourself. Or somebody else. So uh, yeah, I'm in a good all place I can say now. is you, you, your your life has has been a tempest of a horse race and part of the human race, and, and it's so nice that uh, that it, that it has a happy ending. Uh, for all that you've been through, it, it's fantastic that you you can take that in your heart and turn it over because you know for for anybody that uh, that, that that can be a chaplain at a hospice and a trauma center. Uh, anybody that's had contact in either of those areas will tell you the people that work there are very, very special people. And I can tell you that, that Eddie Donnelly is. And I'm telling my listeners right now that Ride the White Horse, a checkered jockey story of racing, rage, and redemption is one that if you're a horse lover or a human lover, you need to read. Uh, the book's available on Amazon and Kindle Reader. And Eddie Donnelly, I could talk to you for the whole hour, but my producer's kind of waving at me going, John, your next guest is on hold. So I, I really appreciate the time you spent with us tonight, Eddie. Oh, thank you, John, for the opportunity. I, I know you have some great listeners and some wonderful people, and I think horse people are the greatest people in the world. I, I, I love them all. Uh, there's something special about the horses. There's something special about the people who work with horses. Well, uh, that's Eddie Donnelly, ladies and gentlemen. Again, Ride the White Horse, a checker jockey story of racing, rage, and redemption. You can get it at Amazon and Kindle. We're going to take a little break, and when I come back, another great guy that we have here in the sport of thoroughbred racing, and the one and the only Dan Kenny. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel.
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. (laughs) All right, and back with me is Dan Kenny. I had Dan on... Oh, maybe about a year ago. Uh, he's uh, has quite an interesting past. He originally a native of Pennsylvania. He went to uh, Loyola University in New Orleans, which of course is full of great horse stories. And uh, since then, he's been uh, a, an announcer, an appraiser, a consultant, a breeder, handicapper. Uh, he's had television experience. I was blessed uh, years ago to. Uh, actually do a a Best of Ohio television segment. That's where I first met Dan, and since then we've become friends over the years, and so I kind of reach out and count on him for a lot of breeding information. Uh, He's he's bred and sold uh, stakes winners, and he recently has been at the Fazic Tipton sale, so without further ado, Dan Kenny, how are you? Well, I'm a little pushed, uh, to be honest with you, John, uh, in that freezing cold weather trying to sell uh, horses, uh, That'll test you, but uh, I absolutely love it, and we're going to get right back and be doing some more here in a couple of days at the Keeneland uh, sale of of mares and and foals. So never a dull moment in the horse business, you know that. Uh, Absolutely, and uh, what's kind of neat is, uh, you know, I've been following uh, the the recent Keeneland sale, and of course now I'm following the the phase of Tipton. I mean, they... uh, Sold horse for eight hundred thousand yesterday. Uh, the uh, the buybacks are low. The average is high. I think up thirty percent from last year's average. So things are good. Now I think right now you're involved in a uh, co-op called uh, Four Star Stable. Uh, how did you guys do? And uh, just kind of describe the sale to me because off uh, air you, you commented that there were a lot of interesting foreign buyers there. Uh, exactly. Let me uh, kind of give you the evolution of my involvement with uh, foreign buyers. Uh, about 20 years ago, I made my first trip to Russia and subsequently went two more times and made some interesting connections, uh, never dreaming that I'd actually, years later, do business with some of these fellows. And uh, uh, you uh, end up... Uh, just wondering where they all come from. They're coming from Asia. There was about 50 horses bought here the other day at Fezzik Tipton uh, that are headed to South Korea, for instance. And wow. Even the Chinese now, they've been saying for years, yeah, we're going to come, we're going to have racing. They have yet to okay uh, gambling, so they, that hasn't taken place. But that's just around the corner. That'll change uh, fairly soon. Uh, interestingly enough, that offshore business used to be almost entirely uh, taken by the uh, the British bloodstock industry. Uh, um, the sale companies in this country then got a little more aggressive, and the uh, Asian buyers in particular had great success. Uh, it's the American horse in, in uh, Japan that's doing all the good. So uh, there's 
all sorts of uh, competition, and not to mention the uh, the buyers in the Middle East, the, the Dubai crowd, and and all that. So uh, that's about where we are right now, John. Well, yeah, I just see. I mean, it was late breaking news last week that uh, Hanson, the popular son of Tappet. Uh, was moved to uh, to South Korea, so I guess they're really trying to move their program up fast. That sale kind of shocked me, Dan, uh, because you would think that uh, a horse who who was a champion and a, a son of an outstanding sire, maybe you'd at least want to take a look at his first yearlings before you let him go overseas. Well, I think that's probably uh, a reflection of the weakness of the American dollar. Um, you know, at the level that these uh, businessmen and women uh, re- make their decisions. Uh, it's a whole lot easier to buy a, an American thoroughbred now than, let's say, 10 or 15 years ago when the uh, dollar truly was almighty dollars. Well, uh, now t- tell me a little bit about, uh, I think you said uh, you were connected with uh, 27 horses that went through the ring. Did you did you have some good sessions? Yeah, we did. Uh, I think we uh, only had one unsold, and our neighbors at the sale uh, were similar. They uh, either got them sold in the sales ring, or uh, sometimes they come back and say, well, I didn't bid the first time. How much will you take? Uh, this is for your listeners' uh, edification. It's something called a reserve not attained, RNA. And uh, it's kind of a second chance to... Uh, it's sort of the opposite of a of a uh, impulse buyer. Right, right. it's kind of like, boy, I hate to be the guy to say the one that got away. I'm going to go back to the guy and say, well, exactly, yeah, what do I have to give you for that horse? And that, that that is an interesting thing to bring because this is the part, the section of winning ponies that we try to educate our listeners in, in things other than just speed figures and who do you like in the Fayette at, at Keeneland? So that's why I love to have guests like you on that can kind of give a, a, a broader perspective to it. Now, now you said it's funny because we're going right now from the Phasic Tipton sale, which is in the Lexington area. We're going right back to Keeneland now, and then I believe we go right back to Phasic Tipton. Is that correct? Uh, yes, as far as uh, the sales and the, uh, uh, the Fayette uh, handicap is also uh, the coming up well, in a uh, week or so. Right, but these will be not... Now, as we get later in the fall, though, they're more of a mixed sale, right? Uh, that's right. Uh, in uh, November, you're liable to get anything and everything. Um, the uh, the business of, of horse racing has never interested me uh, early on, uh, but when you get in the thick of it and I sat down one day with a pad to reflect on some of the things I'd done, and I soon realized that I had done business either in person or through mail, whatever, 21 different countries. Wow. And uh, I just kind of thought to myself, that's a career right there. I may never... Uh, <laughs> You know, well, it I is. And, and going to those 21, 21 countries, I know that you haven't been afraid to uh, uh, bet a bob or two on a uh, 
a horse now and then. So uh, we got about four minutes till we till we go to a break. I know that you've been sitting there uh, observing uh, the, the Keeneland meet moving into the racing right now, and uh, it, it has been an interesting one. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, with Joel Rosario on the sidelines and uh, Johnny V flying all over the place, all of a sudden we've seen uh, uh, some new names at Keeneland like uh, Rosie Napravnik. And uh, Joe Rocco, and uh, the, those two are going to be ding donging it into the uh, into the weekend as uh, leading uh, jockeys. So uh, that's fun to watch. Of course, the Ramseys and their kitten joys have just been overwhelming uh, as we as we come into the into the final furlong of the Keeneland meet. What uh, give me an impression that you've been left with of this meet? Well, uh, the Ramseys dwarfs everything that I've ever seen at this meet or any other meet. So we're, we're uh, at a time when we're just scratching our heads. People who uh, think that, uh, that I'd have the answer. I said, this is extraterrestrial. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there's no other word for it. And uh, uh, Joe Rocco is a nice development. He spent most of his career uh, in the Middle Eastern, the, the, you know, the uh, Maryland circuit to Delaware. And uh, he's shown well. In fact, uh, my partners and I have a horse running on Sunday at uh, Churchill, and uh, he's going to be our rider. He's made a good impression on uh, people with his first go at uh, at this circuit. Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, the, the Breeders' Cup now is such a uh, worldwide phom- uh, phenomenon that... Uh, it kind of overshadows uh, some of the good stakes that are left here, including the uh, the one at Keeneland uh, that I know you had some interest in, the Fayette. Yes, the, the Haygard Fayette. Has, they, they raised the stud fee, I mean, not, not the stud fee, the uh, uh, purse level from the 150 last year, it's now 200. So uh, it's well worth it. It's not Breeders' Cup level, but... Uh, I'd sure like to have one like that. <laughs> well, there there are some nice ones in here. Well, what I found a handicap in uh, this race, Dan, was that uh, the, the horses that are in here, they're absolutely quality horses. Uh, some of them coming out of multiple grade one races. Is that a lot of them are turf horses that are switching to poly. And I know you get to see that at Keeneland a lot. Yeah, that's a note that I made to myself that uh, – like a winning cause, for instance, a uh, horse made three wins in a row on Polly in the spring for Todd Fletcher, threw in kind of a clunker in its latest one, but you'd still have to say, well, this horse is good enough for Todd to win. Uh, you'd have to probably make winning cause first or second choice. Uh, Wilcox in will be the favorite, I'd have to think, uh, races for the Jacksons out of Pennsylvania, people that had Barbaro a few years ago. And uh, Charlie Lopresti, his stellar work with, uh, uh, you know, one of the, the, the race right back again from his uh, his horse of the year season and uh, got derailed a little bit by a uh, uh, defeat at the hands of Set the Sales. And uh be interesting to see come Breeders' Cup time if uh, Charlie's lost anything in conditioning there. Now, uh, that leaves a couple more for Charlie Lepresti and set the sale and billandry. 
Uh, last time out, I had a little bet on Bill and Dreen. He just came up a little short. Uh, it was very lightly raced and has chance for a lot more improvement. So uh, then you got Will Cox in, who recently crossed the million barrier. Um, I'd say if you wanted to get a decent price on that race, eight ten to one, uh, I would go with a little pesty entry. Well, yeah, again, a guy that uh, trained last year's horse of the year, Wise Dan, and I think uh, I was there for his last race. I know you were. Uh, the, the splashy Shadwell Turf Mile that turned out to be the Shadwell Turf Mile and a 16th on Poly Track. I, I just got a feeling you could throw that track out. I think he's going to be awful salty uh, when, when you get over there. And it's interesting that Chuck Lepresti's decided to call. Uh, Lexington is home because I know it wasn't originally, and he's dangerous any time. Again, I, I agree with the Wilcox in. I think if there's if, if there's a fly in the ointment in here, one of the, the, the turf poly horse I'm looking at is Lee, who's uh, you know uh, owned by uh, Claiborne Farm and uh, Adele Dishander, uh, Alstall trained. I noticed this horse is, hasn't raced in Saratoga. Has had steady. Uh, he works at Keeneland, not eye-popping, but I just got a feeling this horse can somehow transfer that turf form over to Polly and is going to be very dangerous in there. So that's my pick in the Fayette anyhow. Well, Dan Kenny, I thank you very much for your insight into uh, the sales arena and your observations for our listeners uh, betting the, the Fayette. I wish you nothing of the best, and hopefully I'll see you on closing day in the press box at Keeneland. Uh, it goes double for me, John. Thank you. <laughs> All right. That's Dan Kenny, ladies and gentlemen, uh, a renaissance man in racing. And there's another renaissance man coming up, John McDoolan from the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, you've heard him before. We're going to try to squeeze three races into the final segment. We're handicapping on winningponies.com. Flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with us, a handicapper that's no stranger to Winning Ponies, and that is John McDoolin. John and I sat together as we both took a collective breath as a track that we've known for many, many years, over in existence for over 80 years, had its name changed from River Downs to Belterra Park. Belterra Park, yep. Well, so the continuity, of course, in the Cincinnati area, they know that Belterra has been a quality, uh, you know, casino uh, over there in Indiana. And from the plans we saw, John, I think it's going to be a, a quality racetrack. It is cool that for the regulars, where the OTV parlor is going to be, they are calling that, I believe, the River Downs Racing Room. Yep, the River Downs Club. And it looks to me like it's going to be great. I mean, they're going to have memorabilia from there and, and, you know, it, it, I went to that meeting yesterday, the, the media thing, and, and that was the last thing on my mind. I mean, I, John, I've been, I, I'm not exaggerating. I've been going to that racetrack since I was one and a half or two years old, which is, you know, almost 50 years I've been going to that racetrack, and I never, ever thought of it as anything but River Downs. But, I mean, it makes sense. They're going to go in, and they're spending all this money, so they want to put their own stamp on it. and. Belterra Park it will be, and, I mean, the, the, the great thing I love about those guys is, what, even the lunch yesterday, everything they do is first class, which is, yes. that's a great thing for racing. <laughs> I noticed the lunch, too, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, they do. Any contact I've had with Belterra, either down at the casino or when they've thrown an event at River Downs, has been top shelf. And you saw from the drawings and everything that, it's going to it's going to be an interesting place and i've talked to people on the HBPA and they're projecting uh out two years that they could be running for as much as $200 a day in cincinnati that would be nice that that would be absolutely i i you know i, I went to kevin and and i i had literally tears in my eyes i i'm not sure i don't think it was derby day i think it was belmont day of last year and i just went and said kevin Thanks for getting all these people back to my racetrack because, I mean, it was unbelievable. The place was just, I, I haven't seen that many people there since the 80s. And, you know, and that's what they did. And, and then, you know, I, I've worked at a lot of places that the, the racinos and all they care about are the slots and horse racing's kind of on the back burner. And these guys really seem to care about it. And, and it, it, believe me, it thrills me to death. Yeah, and and I know that you've driven down Kellogg Ave many a time, and they're building three hundred and the barns big enough for three hundred horses, and all yep. the outdoor, well aired barns they're going to be brand new. So, yeah, this is an outfit uh, unlike a lot of them that really does seem to care that that horse racing thrives, and I think uh, you know Anthony Sanfilippo said that yesterday, and he, he, he's a class act, and he says, look, he says this isn't just a casino, this is a racetrack too, and that's going to be a big, big part of our program. Well, we know a big part of the program is it is an off-track betting parlor, and I want to give some of our listeners uh, <laughs> some insight into some of the races that we're going to see this weekend. Obviously, the Breeders' Cup coming up, so it, it's tough to find so really a whole lot of races. But uh, we'll start at Belmont Park, a mile and the 16th, to turn back the alarm. 
brought together some really, really nice horses. I'll just throw it out there right now, my pick. I like centering Joel Rosario. Good to see him back in the saddle. But this horse is coming out of four straight grade ones against horses with names called Royal Delta and Princess of Silmar. That's pretty yeah. good company. <clears throat> yeah, she's been hanging around with good company, but I'm going with a horse uh, turning. Well, actually, she's not turning back because of mile 16th. Last time she was going to mile 8th. But uh, Street Secret, she's, she's 3 to 1 in the morning line. Castellano stays on for Chad Brown. And uh, they're winning this 33% clip the last couple years. Um, he stays on, and I just, it's third time out after a layoff. I, I just really like the horse. One at the distance, which I think is huge. Um, one at Belmont, which I think is huge. And um, I don't know what happened last time. Went off at, uh, um, you know, is it an odds on favorite? Had, had and favorite, yeah. Yeah, and and didn't do that well. Ran second, uh, but I think she's coming back, and I, I'm gonna take her in there. Now, John, I got to ask you: when I look at the PPs and, and I see Street Secret, and I see that that you know uh, she's a five-year-old mare, she was in these three and up races, four fillies, but then they say that they were restricted. Well, obviously. Uh, She's a Kentucky bred, so it wasn't restricted to New York breds. What what makes these races restricted? You know, I, I'm not sure what exactly. There, there are different programs that you know, could be the, the owner. Well, that's a Dennis. Well, I know, I don't know, Peter uh, Putch. It, you know, it could be the owner has to be there, you know, in, in New York. Um, it, it could be a ton of things. It, 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 but it's always something small in the in the wording. Um, of, the, of the conditions of the race that make it restricted. It could be, you know, um, the horses that run in New York or the owner has to be from New York or... Okay, well, I was just trying to figure that out. I'm sure, I'm sure you'd have to go back and look in the conditions. Well, um, right. my producer's telling me we only got three minutes, John. We got two races, so we're going to have to break it down pretty quick. We're going to go out to Santa Anita. It's called the Autumn Miss. It's a grade three, a mile on the turf, and I got a big old X against the Gary Stevens mount by the name of Wishing Gate. You know, that's who I like in there, and I hate when that happens. Cause, but it, you got a big old X saying you like What do you mean you hate when that happens? <laughs> well, it, it seems like, you know, when both of us pick the same horse, it's it's usually, you know, that, I, without uh, getting too far carried away, um, when everybody thinks one way, it's usually wrong, is, is my... Is my uh, Normal thing, just, you know, favorites, how often the favorites win. Yeah, I like Wishing Gate, but the other horse I like in there is uh, Need You Know. Um, the horse has got uh, Julian Le Peru for Mike Mitchell. Um, I don't know what happened last time in the Del Mar Oak. She was um, Wishing Gate beat her pretty soundly. Well, not I mean, not that bad, four lengths or whatever. But uh, Nakatani was on last time. Julian Le Peru gets back on. Turn back, she's going a mile. Um, the race before that, July 7th. She won by two and three quarters lengths um, as as the favorite. I'm going to go with her and go for a little bit of a price. Need you know nine to two on the morning line. All right, I'm really tight for time here, John. We're going down to the Jean Lafitte at Delta Downs. This is a prep for the Delta Downs jackpot. I'll go right to you. Who do you like, my friend? Uh, burning Warrior. Ace Warrior. 
that's coming into this race off a 91 buyer. It's a Louisiana bred, but there are quite a few Louisiana breds in this race. They usually have the edge because they've been racing down there and working down there. This horse is just spitting bullets left and right, and i got a hard time to argue with you on Burning Warrior. Again, Steve Asmussen's got the Southern Blessing in there who uh, ran second in a Sanford, disappointed in the hopeful. He's throwing blinkers on. That's one you got to watch, too. Well, I'm down to the end of the show. John McDoolan, thanks a lot for stepping in tonight when I needed you. Next time I see you, the beer's on me. That sounds good to me. All right. That's Thanks, John McDoolan from the Daily Racing Forum. I want to thank our Bloodstock advisor, Dan Kenny, uh, for giving us insights into the sales in Kentucky and his picks in the Fayette. And then, of course, to uh, Dr. Eddie Donnelly. His book is Ride the White Horse. And I'm not kidding you. It's very, very interesting. And you can get that again at Amazon and Kindle. So uh, for everyone involved with Winning Ponies and Voice America, I thank you all. I thank you for listening. And remember, when you bring a loved one to the racetrack, practice safe bets. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.